Hello and welcome everybody. Um, this is Christian from the Netherlands. Um, as you all saw in the online webinar what we hosted today together with Wolfie, um, we're looking forward to do this in these difficult times at the moment. Um, now, we are not completely locked down as you have at the moment in uh, Dubai, but still uh, more or less situation uh, for us here is the same as, as you have. So what we try to do with these webinars is to show you a little bit more and give you a little bit more information about uh, Lake. Um, there will also submit more information about CleatFit. So hopefully you want to learn a lot today about our products, about the products from Wolfi, the products from Niels. So before we go to the presentations, I will hand over to Wolfie. He will give a short introduction about himself. And then we go to Niels, who also will help out each other and what his presentation will be all about. Wolfie, up to you. Thank you very much, Christian. Thank you, Niels. Um, very exciting to have this webinar with you guys. Wolfie's talks again in a slightly different format as we're used to it usually. Uh, but we are very exciting to learn, obviously, everything about shoes, and we really love the shoes from Lake, as they offer a special fit. And I think with some adjustment tips from Niels about the cleats, I think that's going to be a good, it's going to be good and interesting hour we're going to have ahead of us. Um, we will come, or I will join a little bit later with some questions. But yeah, thank you very much for taking the time, and I hope you, you, we will all have a good time and learn a lot. Thank you, Niels. Okay. Uh, yeah, good afternoon to everybody. Thanks for uh, joining this webinar. Uh, my name is Niels. I'm from the Netherlands, but actually living in Belgium. Um, and I work a lot with Christian. At least we work with the same customers because uh, what I'm doing is basically educating bike fitters, educating bike fitters and supplying material to uh, bike fitters. Um, and as part of that, in these difficult days, we uh, do more and more webinars to get more people aware of um, the impact of shoe and cleat adjustments. I mean, it's not difficult, uh, but I think it's quite often overseen. And that's what I would like to explain a little bit, like where can you do some quick gains and where do you really need to contact the specialist? Thank you. Okay. Um, when somebody have questions, there is the possibility to put in uh, the question box uh, on your screen. So uh, everybody is in listen-only mode. Um, if you have questions, just type them in. And after my presentation, I will handle all the questions you send in. Uh, the same for Niels after his presentation. So if you have questions, just type them in and we will follow up with them later. I will show you now uh, my screen and then we go to my presentation. So everybody, good luck. and. Enjoy this part. So we are Lake. Some um, I see at the audience uh, some uh, familiar names. Um, somebody knows already our shoes, but for them who don't know nothing about Lake, um, the company started in 1982, and the main focus and the only focus is on shoes. Uh, Lake has a big history uh, with a lot of innovation. Um, now, some shoes are not really for uh, Dubai market uh, like the winter shoes, but it all started with the first uh, road and mountain bike shoes in 1982. And one of the latest innovations is actually uh, the moldable heel. Uh, this shoe is also available at Wolfie, uh, which also can do the molding for you, uh, which is a big, big advantage. So the whole part, what you see here, 
is moldable. Now, what's the biggest advantage of a moldable shoe? On the moment you pedal down, you can't move your heel. So you always have an optimum power on your pedal. It's a full kangaroo leather shoe with a moldable heel, available in different colors and also in some custom colors. So if you are interested, just pass by the shop for the right size. What is the latest innovation we have uh, from Lake? The shoe is launched two years ago and it's called 241 model. Now, what's the most important three points about the shoe? First of all, the whole side panels are flexible. So on the moment you have an odd shaped feet or whatever, it fits perfectly around your feet. Especially in a hot climate as you have in Dubai, especially in the summer when your feet are expanding, also the material is expanding. Another unique point of the shoe is the shape of the upper. So the shoe is complete independent closure down and top. On the moment you have a really high instep, you see the little V over here, which makes it independent from each other. So you never have a hot spot on the top of your feet. Now, if you have extremely wide fit with a narrow heel, the shoe is moldable as well. So it fits always perfectly to your feet, especially for the climates like you have over there. It's a perfect shoe. It's ventilated and it's really, really movable and adjustable to your feet when your feet expanding after a long ride in the heat. What's our background? And I think this is the most important part of uh, the presentation is that we are a cycling shoe brand. And our mission is to make the best fitting and most comfortable high performance cycling shoes in the world. Of course, we can do this by different ways. First of all, it is the material. We use a lot of different materials and we use for most of the shoes leather. Now, leather is, of course, the best fitting material around your feet and uh, fits perfectly in um, warm, warm climates. Another point, and that's something a bit more difficult to explain, but it's all about the last. And because we own our own last, and I will explain later what the last is, but because we have our own last, we can fit at least 95% of the riders. Now, to give you a bit more of an idea uh, how we come to this uh, last and how we come to this measurement and how you get the right shoe to your feet is that you always take a measurement based on length. If you look at the left side of the measurement stick and the width. Now, because we all do everything about the measurement, we can advise you based on your type of feet, which shoe fits the best for your feet. It doesn't always is the case that the most expensive shoe is also the best shoe for your feet. So because we always work with measurements and we have different lasts and the last is based on a shoe shape. That's something I will show you a bit later because we always work with a measurement. We give you the right shoe. Now, how we build up a last, a last is built on foot dimensions. Now, these are the average main points of somebody's feet. And to give you an idea what a last is, this is a last on the right picture. So if I go back to some sheets before, we first start with a measurement based on a measurement on the length, on the width and on the volume of your feet. We look at 
what the best shoe is for you. Now, if you have a bit of a wider feet, we go to a wider last. As you show on the picture, this is a 44 in the extra wide. Now, based on this, we offer 11 different lasts. So a last is actually a feet shape. Now, and how we come to that foot shape is what we showed in the last sheet. This makes the leg shoe unique. And this is also why uh, Wolfie and his staff is a big fan of leg shoes, because we offer different models for different feet. So an expensive shoe has a different fit as a cheaper shoe. It's not the case that a cheaper shoe doesn't fit you, because in some cases, the cheaper shoe can fit you better as the most expensive shoe. That's why we always work with a measurement. And this is also why Niels will step in later, because we look for the perfect shoe pedal interface. Now, it starts with the shoe, and then it comes to the perfect pedal, active position, maybe with wedges or not, but that's something what Niels will explain later. But this is why we do this seminar together, so we have the perfect fit for your feet on your bike. To go a bit more in detail, um, if you look at the different uh, widths, in general, we work with three different widths. It starts from 88 mil until 96 mil. And this is just a comparison with some other brands. Now, to make it a bit more visible for you, if you do a measurement and you have, for example, white foot. Now, white foot is most of the time EE. So if you have 96 millimeters, it's white foot. And if you have 88 millimeters, then you have a narrow foot, which calls AB. Now, to make it even more visible, on the moment you have, for example, a foot with a width of 96 millimeters. And if you try a shoe on, which has a normal shape from 88 millimeters, you see exactly where the black line is under your feet. This means that the shoe for you is way too narrow. You see on both sides of the black line that the foot will step over uh, the black lines. And there, where the foot's over the black lines, it can create a lot of painful issues. This can be blisters or hot spots or whatever. But it's very important to have this all uh, together. So if you, if you go back to the next sheet, um, this is how we a shoe build up. So on the moment, we start building a shoe. It starts from uh, down to top. Now, if you start with one second, if you start with if you start from the sole, it starts with or a nylon sole or carbon sole. Now, if you have a mountain bike shoe, we still use real rubber soles. So on a slippy or on a wet road. It gives you a much better grip. Then we go to the upper part of the shoe. This can be from different materials. It can be leather or it can be clarino, based on a model. We use different basic leather. Uh, the entry level shoes, they have full grain leather and the top shoes, we use kangaroo leather. Some shoes have a mobile heel and some shoes have an internal heel cup. If you go to the closure system, we always work with BOA and it can be a single BOA with a strap or a double bower. All our shoes are handmade. We have our own factory in China. And if you see here on the picture, it really starts with the entry level of the inner side 
of the upper. Based on this, every part will be stitched together handmade. And it's also completely uh, squeezed out by a machine. And then it will all stitch together to you have a complete upper, including the bower systems. After this, the shoe will be stretched out around the last. And then on a bonding machine, it will be bonded with a sole. As I said before, it can be a carbon sole or a nylon sole. That's depending on the model. What's another unique point about our shoes? It's a custom program. Because we offer uh, different colors uh, on a custom program, you can always match with your bike. Now, if you know uh, Wolfie Store, there are a lot of custom bikes. So what you can do, two ways. First of all, if you go to lakecustom.com, you can build your own shoe based on different colors. So we have a standard color uh, program, which you completely build online uh, to have your final custom shoe. Now, if you want something really special, and if you look at uh, the, the different uh, social media channels from all Wolfie or from us, you see that a lot of people in Dubai made already a custom shoe with their own uh, wishes on the shoe. Uh, we made some uh, shoes with flowers, we made some shoes with names on the shoe, but we also made some shoes uh, regarding sport bikes. So there are a lot of possibilities what you can do with your shoes. The only thing is, if you want to do something special with your shoes, you can't do it online. This is to avoid that you have to pay royalties on the shoe, like I show you here from La Gazzetta. So this is a shoe based on the original paper. And actually, the lines on the shoe are also from an original stage in the Giro d'Italia. So to have this in place, go to the store, come with the right files, and then we can check if there are no royalties involved, if we can make the shoe or we can't make the shoe. But this Lake Custom program is unique and it can really match or with your jersey or with your bike. Now, what is uh, so unique about Lake Shoes again is there you can make a difference in store. So, especially in store, and uh, if you went uh, to uh, store Wolfie, you always know that they start with a measurement with a stick. So, when you go to store, they can offer for you the white models, they can offer for you the half sizes, and it all comes down to the right education of staff. So, on the moment you go to store, every staff member can give you a proper measurement, and based on this measurement, they advise you which shoe fits you the best. And that can be all because we offer different lasts and we use different insoles where you can try on. So if you go to store and you check your feet and they make a proper measurement for you, then they give you the right size. Now, to give you a bit of more an idea, a lot of people found out that they have a lot of issues during riding. And especially in some hotter climates, a lot of feet are expanding. So if you feel that you have, for example, numb toes or hotspots or nerve pain or uh, cramping. Always go back to store and check uh, your feet together with one of the members in stop. Because it can be that your shoes are too small. If your shoes are too small, what a lot of people do, they buy bigger shoes to compensate the width. But on the moment you compensate the width, if you look at the cleats, the cleats are not under your feet, but are way too high under your toes. Another problem is, that on the moment you buy sheets, shoes which are too small, the closure system is not on the right place. So the closure system should be on top of your feet. But if the shoe is simply too big 
to compensate the width. The closure system is halfway down your feet, so you have to tie it up very well, which can clear or stop a right good circulation. That are all together gives a lot of painful riding, which is a shame because only you have a nice bike, you have a nice environment to ride in, and then you have a lot of painful feet. So if you found out that you have painful feet, always go back to store and check if they can measure your feet. This was for me an overview to give you an idea what our shoes are and to give you an idea who is uh, available for what. Now, if I go through the questions, I see some questions coming in. So um, let me check what, uh, what we have. Uh, I have one customer here who is asking about uh, two for one. Um, now, two for one is available in store. It's also available in the mountain bike shoe as well. And indeed, the mountain bike shoe is the same size as in the road shoe. Uh, another comment is from Craig. He's a huge lake fan. Uh, good to hear. He bought a few pairs from Wolf already. And currently is running both MTB and road shoes. Uh, the only thing is that uh, there is not much known about the brand. So we would like to have some more people riding on the brand. And he'd like to put some more effort on that people can use the shoes more. Um, this is another question from Lars. Also have a pair of leg shoes losing MX237. from Carl. Also very happy about shoes. So until now, I only see a lot of a lot of positive reactions. Um, then there is a question from Kathleen. Uh, Lord the leg shoes. Question on the heel fit for women. Can this be altered to the fit narrow heel for women? Um, we offer also women's last, correct? Um, on the moment you have women's last, the front part is a bit wider. But if you want to have a more uh, fitted heel, then uh, go for a 32 model where the heel is moldable. So that should be my advice. Have a look in the store for a 32 uh, if you want to have a narrow heel because that has a moldable heel cup. There are some more in-detail questions, but I will follow up with that questions in an email later. Um, otherwise, we will have uh, too much time for going through the questions. Um, okay, one last question. Um, is there a big difference between 402 and 403? That's from an old friend of, of us. Uh, it's Monty, live from Italy probably. Hi, Monty. Uh, yes, there is a big difference in 403. Uh, the sole is the same, only the closure in the front is way more further down. So if you have a little bit more narrow feet, the 403 fits much better. And a big, big improvement is the flexible carbon panels inside, outside. And uh, the big advantage of this, if you look at the closure, is more further down. And the closure up is the same as of before, but with the moldable parts in the side panels, it gives a much better shape in the shoe, which is also much better performance when you're cycling. Thanks for the question, Monty. And say hi to everybody in Italy. Um, these were the questions so far. If you have more questions, just type them in. I will hand over my screen now to Niels, who will start his presentation now. And if you have questions for Niels, again, just type them in and I will get the questions to Niels later on.
Okay, good afternoon. I will share my screen with you. Probably you can see my screen now. Can you, Christian? Yeah, I can see your screen. Okay, because I can't see my own screen. I'll just make this a little bit smaller. Good afternoon, welcome. Uh, like I said, what we do is educating bike fitters and bike fit enthusiastics and physiotherapists and quite some other people on the position on the bike. We talk about saddles, handlebars, but we talk a lot about shoes. If you want to do our full education on cleat and insoles, it's a four day. We spend four days on our, it's a four day education if you want to do the whole thing. Um, and why do we spend so much time on it? Because it's really important. And why is it so, is it more important than the other points where you touch your bike? Uh, for example, your hands or your uh, your pelvis. It's not more important, but you're more restricted. If if I have my saddle, and I've got a nice saddle here, and I've got a pelvis, yes, the idea is to put my pelvis here, but I still can put my pelvis a little bit further forward or backwards if I would like to, and I can still do this and this. The same with my hands. If I uh, if I ride my road bike, I can put my hands here, I can put them there, I can put them there. But then it's my foot. I've got I've got this little pedal. I clip in. Okay, this is not compatible. And then that's where my foot needs to stay. So my bike determines quite quite a lot in the position of my feet. Which is in real life absolutely not the case. You know, if you if you talk about and I love to have stuff behind me, that's why I'm not in an office but in a kind of carbon sweat because of all product lying here. This is a Shimano XT crank. Uh, I've used it, I rubbed it with my heel. Um, and the distance between the outside of the cranks called Q factor is 174 millimeters or something like that. And then my pedals go on, and that's how far my feet will be apart. Just because my bike has decided that. And if anybody of you do running and would ever go for a running analysis, and the guy there would say, okay, you need to run, and you need to keep your foot exactly 230 millimeters apart, because that's what is good for you, you would think he's crazy. Or if you go to a gym and put a weight in your neck and you would do squats, so you would, let's say, go down and up, and your instructor would say, no, you have to, your foot have to stand here. There's no other way. There they have to stand. They would say, hey, are you, are you crazy? That's not the same for everybody. In cycling, quite often, that is considered the same for everybody. Um, foot Pedal interface is an adjustment in bike fitting, which is so often overlooked. Um, and it affects dramatically your lower biomechanics. Um, I dare to say that 90% of the saddle sorenesses or saddle, explain, the saddle complaints 
if they're different left and right, so somebody has an issue with a cell on the left side or only on the right side, about 90% of the cases are caused by the foot. So the, the, whole, the whole movement starts at the foot and not adjusting your foot right has a huge impact on the rest of your movement. And where do you need your foot? Because that's then the question. Okay, it's nice that I can say hey, there is a guy from Belgium who says it's a big has a big influence. Okay, but that's information where you don't really, you know, you can either agree with me or disagree, but it doesn't help us because if I say it's important, I need to come with answers. You know, where do my do does my foot need to be when I'm riding a bike? And the answer is quite easy. Your foot needs to be where it wants to be. Um, so we have to find out where it wants to be, because if you were able to put your foot in the position that it wants to have, you will have the most stress-free experience and the most efficient experience. So in order to do so, we'll go through the adjustments you can make with your cleat or with your foot. If you mount a cleat underneath a shoe, there is there are uh, I just need to find the shoe. There are five adjustments you can make. You can move your foot forward or backwards. So cleat forward, foot backwards, foot forward, cleat backwards. The other thing I can do, I can move my cleats in and out. I can also tilt my shoes by using wedges. These are that's that's usually the yellow little things like this. They're thicker on one side than on the other. As you can see, if I put a few on top of each other, this is the thinner side. That's the thicker side, and they basically can tilt my my shoe in either direction depending on how I mount them. I can also rotate my shoe, so I put my foot in this position or more in this position. And I can either lift one or the other one with products like these, which we call lackling ships. So there's five different adjustments I can make after I've found the right shoe size. And in between, I would also recommend to put in uh, the right insole, which is a whole lot of discussion, which I'm not going to touch here. But I highly recommend you to work with insoles that touch your foot as much as possible. Um, and although I said I'm not going to touch it, I'm going to touch it a little because a lot of people mess up things. This is an insole. And if I shape the insole well, if I buy the right shape or I mold it well or whatever I do it, it supports my foot. It totally follows my foot. So my foot touches the insole everywhere. It touches, but it doesn't manipulate so if i got a relatively low arch foot so relatively flat foot i would like the insole to touch it here but i don't like the insole to push it up there i would like support no manipulation so i would like my shoe or my insole to to follow my my foot all the time which is not the same as what we see here in wedging because i can have a shoe that really fits well with an insole that really follows my foot but my foot can still hang like this and then 
I'll get my clipless pedal. I'll get the other foot so it works better. So if my foot wants to be like this, so my knee is up here, my foot is like this, and I've got my clipless pedal, there's no other option than to tilt the foot. So foot tilt, like step three in the in the in the figure C on your screen, is not the same as now my camera's frozen for a while. Wait. Foot tilt is not the same as uh sorry, just I'm messing up the technology. Foot tilt is not the same as an insole. So an insole is to adapt the inside of your foot of your shoe to make a kind of 3D fitting out of it. And cleat adjustment is to make sure that foot is in a relaxed position when it's clipped in. The first adjustment, and it's the adjustment most people know about, and it's most talked about when we talk about uh, cleat adjustment, is fore aft. You can either move your foot forward by moving your cleat backwards, or you can move your feet backwards by moving your cleat forward. What is the effect of moving your cleat for for aft? The further I move my cleat forward, so the further I move my, uh, the further I move my shoe forward, the further I move my cleat backwards the more stable my cycling will be. So if I would mount my pedal right under the nose of my, my shoe, I would be like, I would really like be pedaling like this. Lots of, uh, of movement in my Achilles, lots of uh, tension on my calf. So an instable movement. The further I move my cleat backwards, the more stable my movements becomes. So yes, I recommend cleats to be mounted pretty far backwards. Um, quite often people would say, yes, but if I move my cleats backwards, my knee starts hurting. Um, it's not true. And I'm not saying that the knee starts hurting, that that's not true. I'm saying that moving your cleat backwards does not hurt your knee. There is another thing. If I have my cleat forward and then I move my cleat backwards, this part of my uh, so from the from the pedal axle. So here's a, here's a you see a dot there on the white on white. It's not the best color, but the distance between my two fingers gets shorter if my cleat moves backwards. That part is also part of my saddle height. So if I move my cleat backwards, I need to drop my saddle. I need to lower my saddle because otherwise there is a chance that I kind of overextend or that, I, that my saddle height becomes too high so that I can't reach my pedal. And if I can't reach my pedal, I overextend my knee. And if I overextend my knee, my knee stops hurting. So if you have the experience, if you hear customers say, yeah, I tried the back, more backwards knee cleat position, but it didn't really work because my knee starts hurting. That could be true, but that's a sign that they forgot to adjust for the difference in satellite. That's also why buying a pair of shoes by, you know, some online store and mounting the cleat yourself without much knowledge isn't a good idea. 
I'm not against buying stuff online, but do it somewhere where you can call and they give you advice and they they will they will help you forward and they will tell you these tricks. So be careful with your forearm for your shoes, for your cleats, and be careful that if you adjust your cleat, you need to adjust yourself. And there is a kind of rule rule of thumb is your cleat three millimeters backwards is your saddle one millimeter down. It's a three to one rule that's a, that has to do with the angles most foot, foot are. It's not the same for everybody, but it, it works quite well. So nine millimeters backwards is three millimeters down. The same if you would need to move your cleat forward, you have to move your saddle up for the same reason. Good. Where do we want to set up the cleat? Or basically, um, I have to be more specific. Where do we want to set up the pedal axle? Because that's my reference point. It's not it's not this cleat. It's where the axle from the pedal is. And with this pedal, um, it's different. You know, with a mountain bike style pedal, it's simple because the axle is also the center of the pedal. With a feet play pedal. It is simple because the axle is also the center of the pedal. With a Shimano look style pedal, it's a little bit more difficult because this, the axle is not by definition the, the center of the pedal. And with these type, yeah, these come from my little pedal museum. <laughs> with the time pedal, it's even worse because it's harder to see where the, where the axle is. Um, so we always use the axle as a reference. And it's not where the axle is under the foot. Uh, under the shoe, it's where the axle is under the on the. It's not where the axle is under the shoe, it's where the axle is under the foot. That's what you see here. So your foot is your reference, and that's also what Christian mentioned. If you buy your shoe a size bigger, there's actually more shoe here in front of your foot, and that's what a lot of people do because the shoe is too narrow, and then they buy a bigger size so the shoe gets wide enough. But then there is more 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 shoe in front of your foot, so your foot is relatively further down in the shoe. And you're not able to move the cleat far enough backwards. So that's one of the reasons why you should always buy the right size shoe. And the right size is the size that fits you really well. Um, for the cleat, we use two references. It, every feet as, and everybody might, this is, this is an easy point to, 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 uh, to recognize. Behind your big toe, there's a big, yeah, a piece of bone, a kind of ball. They call it the ball of the feet. It is the metatarsal head, MT, they call it. MT1, metatarsal one. That's this, oh. I hope I'm still uh, in the area. Yeah, yeah. Uh... That's a, a point there. You can easily see it when you have your shoes off. But quite often with most of the cycling shoes, you can also feel it through the shoe because that's the, it's the big spot. You can feel it. And if you want to set up your cleats right, you put a tape on your shoe, you mark it there because that is as far forward as we theoretically can go. Because before that, if you put your axle further forward, you're really in a soft piece of your feet and it doesn't work. 
usually we go way further back. There is a kind of this is the further the the the, the most forward position I would do. And then there is a kind of backwards limit as well, which is called the fifth metatarsal head. It's the same, the same bone, the same, the same. No, it's not a bone; it's a joint basically. But then behind your pinky toe, behind your little toe, you can feel that as well. So a little bit more difficult to feel it, but if you know what you're looking for, you'll find it. If you mark those two, and then put the shoe, put the markers on the shoe, take your shoe off. So you mark them on the shoe. So if the shoe is too big, you'll find out that those points will be relatively far behind. And maybe you're lucky and you can move your cleats further back. And maybe you'll you'll find out that that you might set it up more forward than you would like because of the shoe issue. And then you can set up the the axle. And you want to set up the axle close to the fifth metatarsal, close to that line. If we would even mount it further backwards, that's possible, but that's really the exception. Then you come in a situation, uh, people would call, would call it midfoot cleat position for people that need extra stability. For example, somebody who has Achilles, Achilles issues, um, since moving it backwards kind of uh, releases the Achilles. So it might help sometime there to move it further backwards, but the point is you get you get your axle be below your below your arch, so you need to be sure that you have a good arch support. You need if you go behind that fifth mat head, you need to be sure you have the right insole in there, otherwise it won't work. And it's a little bit the same with moving forward. If people have uh, feel pressure in their arch, it might help to move it a little bit forward. But usually you mount your your axle pretty close to that fifth meta. Um, for those of you familiar with speed play, uh, these are the little speed play pedals. Uh, Lake has some shoes where you can mount them directly, uh, but otherwise you need to use an adapter plate. This is this black thing, and you can see the good thing about the speed play adapter plate is there, there's quite some movement backwards and forwards. And they even have, and I'm pretty sure Wolfies has those as well. They even have the speed plate extender plate, which is an adapter plate, which allows you to mount your cleat even to mount your cleat really far backwards. They sometimes that that helps solving an issue. I see my camera. Yeah, there I'm again. Yep. Okay. That's the four-aft adjustment. It's relatively easy to do, but the biggest mistake made there is that people don't compensate for uh, saddle height, and that's why moving you—that's why a more backwards cleat position has some uh, negative response to some riders, because usually they, they forget to to uh, to lower the seat, and if your saddle is already almost too high, it will be for sure too high. Uh, after you've adjusted them, so always compensate. If you if you do a, a change in cleat position, always compensate for saddle height. Second adjustment is inside out. This is it's amazing how um, how limited. No, I know this is not a, a lake shoe, but 
it's a it's a Lucio cleat. And if I move it from all the way out to all the way in, it's it's about eight millimeter. I can I can move it eight millimeters. Like I said, it's going to the gym and having to do a squat, going to the gym with 200 people and you let them all do a squat and you say you all have to put your feet in the same position. Oh no, no, it's not the same position. You're allowed to move your foot eight millimeter in or eight millimeter out. And then considering that if you're cycling, if you're cycling 100K, you do about 30,000 squats. Because you move, you you extend and and bend your knee about thirty thousand times. So this adjustment is extremely. You know, there's not less adjustment. I'm I'm surprised that there's not more injuries coming from this. But I'm also surprised if you start looking into it, how many people will benefit from making the adjustments from either moving quite often move the shoe a little bit further out. And there is a few pedal systems. Shimano makes them now. Uh, Speedplay makes them already for a long time. It also makes pedals with a longer axle, so you can put your feet wider apart, because that's what quite often is needed. Also, people that like a mountain bike, oh, the mountain bike rides ride better. Your mountain bike cranks usually are a little bit further apart than your road cranks. But how far apart do your foot need to be? Um, what I would like to achieve, or what I would I would like to, there's two options. You know, there's a, there's basically three options. There's the right adjustment, and there is the option where your foot is too far out, so your foot is too far away from your bike, or your foot is too far in. This is the option where your foot is too far out, so your knee is basically closer to the bike than your foot at the top of the pedal screw. This is the option, which we see more often, where the foot is too far in. Your knee is basically further out of the bike than your foot at the top of the pedal stroke. If you see this, a lot of people think that you have to move your knee. But the opposite is true, you have to move the foot. Your knee goes where it wants to go because your knee is not locked, it's your foot that's locked. If my knee would like to be there, it would be there. My knee wants to be here. And sometimes it even goes further out because my foot forces it to go out. But in this case, I need my foot to go out, not my knee to go in. The same here, in this case, I don't need my knee to go in. I want my foot to go, uh, I don't need my knee to go out. I need my foot to go in. How do I do that? By in this case, first step will be slide my foot out. So put my foot under my knee, under my knee. Basically, foot out, cleat in. And the other one, cleat out, foot in. That's what it says. In most of the fitting, we the, there is lasers used as reference, or sometimes video capture. It doesn't really matter how you capture it. At least, if you see it, it works. This is where the markers needs to be. That's more technical. This is what you would like to achieve here. 
This is uh, the same picture as in the beginning. The foot is further out than the knee, so the foot needs to be in, which means the cleat needs to move out. And then you get the end situation. Okay. Not you, you don't always reach this, but you want to get as close as possible. And it's a little bit safe here. Here, quite often, you need to go further than is possible with your uh, with your cleats. And then there is a different options on the market, which I will show you. Which are these ones: pedals with longer spindles, uh, crank extenders. Uh, there's different brands of pedals. And quite often, this is not tried. But if you try it, you would feel the improvement. The last part, I'm going to touch it quickly because I don't think this is something you should do yourself. You should be aware of it. That if I would, if I would take somebody and lift, lift them up under their elbows and would hang their feet down, quite often their feet would be like my hands now. So the big toes will be higher than the, the pinky toes. Which means if my foot wants to be like this, I'm a little bit, uh, this is not, as, it's way more, it's way less than this. But if my foot wants to be like this and I'm forced to clip in, this happens. And I'm kind, I'm kind of put, putting attention on my feet. So what I would like to do with the wedging is not manipulate. I don't want a foot that wants to be here and push it up. I basically want a foot that wants to be like here, give the ability to be this. And that's the first big, understand, big misunderstanding in wedging. Wedging is not about sending your knee in a certain direction. Wedging is supporting your foot so it can stay in the position where it wants to stay. If we have a foot with a picture like this, we're not, we're not, we're not pushing this side up to make it flat. We're basically filling the triangle to make it flat. Because if we don't do that, we get a movement like this. We get a knee that goes in and outwards, and we get a rotation on the on the femur. We can see that quite often, the way our pedals wear. You see this on your speed plate pedal. You're sure, I'm sure you always want to keep your foot like this, but you can. So the wear patterns should tell you a lot about what's going on. In your insole, you can see it. You would feel uneven foot pressure. So basically what you want to do is fill that little triangle there. Uh, this I'm going to leave it. And that's what you do with the wedges. And basically the, the main goal is feel equal foot pressure. Okay, usually the equal foot pressure goes together with a nice straight movement of your knee. But the main goal is equal foot pressure. And those can be achieved by by mounting a wedge between your cleat and your shoe. And there's different uh, clear wedges. There's uh, for the mountain bike, uh, speed play, and for Luke and, and Kio. These are the cleat, these are the wedges that go below the, between the cleat and the insole. The big advantage is they really work because your whole shoe tilts. So you kind of, you tilt the foot, you tilt the shoe towards the foot. The other option is, in the shoe wedges. It's the same idea. So you, you put a little tilted 
plastic piece, but you put them behind the floor, the the front of your insole. You put them below them, and you kind of tilt the the front of your foot. Um, there is a few differences because these don't. Some quite a few people compensate this by by putting some tension on their feet, which some people really feel nice. Some people doesn't feel that good. And the other thing is volume. Not all shoes have enough volume to put these in. Um, this is where you come from, and this is what you want to achieve. This is where you come from, and this is what you want to achieve. Okay, three steps. We also have a clee, uh, a wedged cleat. So for the mountain bike, because sometimes it's hard to uh, to um, to mount a wedge between the, the mountain bike sole and the cleat because the, the carbon soles are, are with two bolts are already relatively hard to mount. So there's a, and there's also the wedge in the heel. So the heel wedge together with the forefoot wedge has about the same effect as a, as a cleat wedge. Uh, when to use a cleat wedge, when a heel and when a forefoot wedge, it's hard to say. It is theoretically the same, but it's not in, in, in real life. So some people feel a difference. I would I tend to say that the, the wet in the shoe counts for a half of one underneath the shoe. The one underneath the shoe is a little bit more uh, firm, or I would call it goes a little bit faster. So it's a bigger uh, a bigger change than one in the shoe. That's what I would like to tell now because I'm uh, I see the timing as well. These are the first three steps. The last step is rotation. Uh, that might be something for another time. Is there, okay. Thanks, Niels. Yeah, we have two questions, <laughs> and I don't think that are easy questions. So be prepared. Um, first question. Uh, you can follow the questions. Sorry. There's a trick to the questions, but uh, okay. If a Wolfish customer rides both road bike and mountain bike, should they be looking to have the same queue factor replicated? They should, uh, yes. In theory, they should have the foot in the same position. It depends a little bit because uh, sometimes um, the more you bend over, the narrower your hip angle becomes. So that has an influence sometimes. So uh, if you if you sit a little bit more upright usually um you're not so sensitive to q factor than if you sit uh more bent over let's say that way so so on a tri bike uh the wrong the wrong setup for your q factor usually is more of an issue than on your mountain bike okay um next one is it better to support the foot inside the shoe or externally on the cleat uh there's there's you know in the foot in the shoe you need to support your foot there's no no question about that it's just that as long as your foot is not clipped in you know i can hang my foot like this and it's perfectly supported but as soon as i need to clip in i need to do it like this and then i don't have support on this side because all the all the pressure goes there so it's basically two different things inside the shoe is basically making sure your foot follows your or your shoe follows your foot but then still i can 
with my shoe, you know, I, the, the same, I can do like this with my shoe, as long as I'm not clipped in, I can do this, I can do all kind of rotation. But as soon as I'm, for, if I'm, if my shoe foot wants to be like this, it's well supported now, because my shoe fits well, not with this shoe, this is the, this is a shoe that doesn't fit me well, but let's get rid of this one. <laughs> um, and then I clip in, and because of the clipping, because of the fact that I can't rotate my foot backwards, now I'll get more pressure on the outside. Right. So it's two different things. Yeah, it's important. Um, maybe I we have worked with we work with Jabil mice as well, and obviously we have that technology to measure inside the shoe what's really yeah, happening yeah. inside the, the shoe, and and it's very difficult to see obviously. But the moment we have this technology inside where we do the pressure mapping, so we saw a lot of feet just moving inside the shoe, and we could only stabilize this with in-shoe wedges or with a good insole. Um, and yeah. that was not possible to do anything from the outside because even if we if okay. we tilted the, the shoe outside, it didn't really change the the foot inside moving. Yeah, uh, and yeah. once we once we fixed the the shoe and the inside with the insole, uh, then we could still maybe work with a little bit of a tilt. But that uh, the technology helped us a lot to to fine tune it. So yeah. obviously the tools uh, Nils is providing with bike fit, the in in shoe wedges and uh, the the outside wedges are fantastic tools just to fine tune and optimize. Uh, that's why we feel as well the shoes and obviously uh, insoles, shoes and wedges is the perfect combination. Exactly. And if you work with insoles or if you do shoe, you know, if you want to reach optimum in your shoes, you start with the right size of shoe, then you go to the right insole and then you go to wedging and, and, and cleat positioning. It yeah, doesn't make sense that if you have a shoe that's too narrow and with the standard insole, it doesn't make sense to immediately start putting wedges on. Because your foot won't react on it, because your foot can still move in the shoe, or is either too tight. You know, you first need to to find the right. Your foot needs to be in that relaxed position, well supported. So relaxed position means a shoe that fits, well supported, with an insole that flows. And then you will see if that isn't the case, the effect of of wedges and stuff like that is is pretty minimum, because you 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 move the foot, but your shoe doesn't move the same way as your foot. You move the shoe, but your foot doesn't move the same way as the shoe because the foot doesn't fit in the shoe. Correct. Yeah. Then we have a question from Najib. Uh, it's about inner soles. Uh, what type of material is used for inner sole? That's a bit of depending on which inner sole brand uh, they are selling. I know in Wolfie they sell the Lake uh, custom insoles, and they are from moldable uh, carbon, and the front part is from uh, foam. So it's a bit depending on what kind of insoles we are using uh, for which material this. Um, that's good question for now. Um, Wolfie, maybe you have some questions for us. Um, yeah, I think we, we were thinking and the girls were asking uh, when you kind of come up with some fur shoes and with some some something special. We need something special in Dubai. No? When we need some spikes, we need some glitter, we need some things like this. Is this part of the custom program or can we wait for something? Uh, some crystals maybe for the girls, so we need to look good, yeah? Yeah, now, of course, we can do a lot of the printing on uh, the shoes. I think uh, there are already some really nice uh, designs made uh, for Dubai. Um, you can use the grow material in the tongue or in the heel, which is quite nice to make some, uh, some grow combinations if you want. Um, but most of the designs are really printed designs. I remember one shoe, uh, the original uh, design, which was made uh, for a customer for uh, Clinton. And I think that's one of the most uh, beautiful shoes we made, uh, we made ever until now in the custom program. 
So some, some really nice things already done. And yeah, of course, some nice things can be done in the future. Very good. And then maybe one more question is about sizes. When some people are in between sizes, rather a little bit a smaller shoe or a bigger shoe, um, some people are sometimes concerned. And maybe if you say there's a half size difference, what does we? Really, uh, what is your advice if somebody is in between sizes? Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit depending. Uh, of course, we offer different sizes uh, in one model. So if you have, for example, uh, a wider fit. Uh, feet left and smaller uh, right you can do one model in different sizes you also can do for example a standard one in the right one and a, an extra wide in the left one so it, it all comes down to first the measurement and then you decide which shoe fits the best for that customer uh, but if you have a, a different uh, shape you can go for different uh, widths or different sizes in one pair and that's most of the time the best solution okay and then Niels, i have one more question when it comes to triathlon bike fitting with cleats, would you recommend a different setup? Would you maybe rather go a little bit further back? Uh, what do you think about the mid midsole? Uh, uh, I would go. I wouldn't go further back, if I was honest. But quite often, uh, because road cyclists are a little bit more traditional, um, I would advise a little bit further forward. But that's basically because they're not so open for putting them further back. You know, I would I would like. In general, I would go further back, which is easier to sell to a triathlete than to a road cyclist. Mm -hmm. So in practice, it would mean further back. But in I would say, actually, I would go a little bit forward from my my personal feeling with a road cyclist because I know that that they that they might be offended if I would say, okay, you need to go all the way back. Yes. We feel that sometimes when moving back, it maybe is less activity in the calf, um, yes. so that maybe is a little bit less strain on the calf while riding. If you have a long distance triathlon and and you keep your foot or your your foot maybe a little bit more neutral if you're moving your your cleat a bit back. So that was one idea we had. Uh, yeah, going for sure. If you, if you see a race across America, I think two years ago, all participants were on midfoot because okay. it kind of releases your calf and with the really long distances, you know, race across America is multiple day. Yes. And your calf, because it's the smallest muscle in the in the movement cyclist, or one of the smallest, is usually the first one to collapse. Mm -hmm. Which is not an issue if you do a three-hour ride, because it won't collapse in a three-hour. But after two days or three days, uh, compared to your super strong quadriceps and super strong hamstrings, your calf is usually your weakest spot. So the further you move it backwards, the less your calf needs to do. So the longer it, it will last. That's, that's the idea there. And yes. the only disadvantage people tend to say, but it's not, I, I, I hear more and more that it's not true. What, what people tend to say is that your acceleration goes down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So moving it backwards makes, you, makes it harder to, uh, to accelerate. Um, but there's no, probably study done if that's true it's either also not not proven that it's not true so it's uh, uh, a yeah. there's probably room to uh but that's that's more um how would i say it's a, a kind of feeling people have if that's true yeah. it, it is the feeling like if i move it backwards i can do it myself as well if i move my cleats backwards i feel like i'm i'm less fast out of the corners but it's not you know that's not a that's not a scientific study Okay. Christian, and then one question about the kangaroo leather 
Um, what do you think between cow leather and kangaroo leather? Where's where's the difference? Um, why would you use kangaroo? Um, the kangaroo leather is the most uh, soft and durable leather on the market, but also honestly the most expensive leather on the market. So that's why we only use in the top uh, the top shoes. But um, yeah, if you also look for example to the top football shoes, they're also made from kangaroo leather. Yeah, it's simply the best leather on the market, but uh, it's too expensive to use it all models, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And if you compare your shoes to, let's say, something a bit more basic, where do you feel really is the, the benefit of, of leg? I think you spoke about all the different sizes and so on. So, yeah. um, and I think obviously the measuring process, but where would you say is maybe it's as well stiffness coming in? Where do you really see uh, your brand being different to, to other brands in the market? It all, it all comes down to the right model for the right feet. So even in the entry-level models, we offer wide fit. Now, if you look on the measurement, and if you do a proper measurement, you will find out what the people are in the black columns. Now, the black columns means that you have a wider fit feet. Now, on the moment you go for the entry-levels, there we already offer a wide fit model, which is, of course, a huge advantage. As I explained, and also Niels explained, when you buy shoes which are simply too big to compensate the width, you don't have a good pedal interface, which is a bit of a shame uh, because it can cause you a lot of uh, painful riding, but also injuries. Um, so we make the biggest difference we make is in the fit that we uh, almost have for 95% of the riders the right shoe. Yes, no, I agree with this. This is quite amazing. And, and we see it's quite interesting when we, we look at feet and different people, uh, we have small people with, with wider feet and taller people with, narrow, with very narrow feet and so on. I think it's super important and we, we get extremely good feedback as we saw in the chat as well from the customers. Yeah. And I think the, the product, I think really congratulations and, and thank you. I think you make a lot of cyclists very happy with your products. Uh, and I, I had the pleasure as well to meet some of the pro riders in Dubai and they, they were speaking very highly uh, when they're allowed to use your shoes. So that's, that's really a great job. And I, it's always nice to see the passion you have uh, for, for the product. Thank you very much. Okay, um, now some more questions are uh, unanswered yet, but uh, we will follow up with the questions uh, by individual emails. Um, now I want to thank uh, Niels and uh, also thank you Wolfie for uh, giving us the opportunity to explain a bit more about our products. Um, I know you are a big fan of our products. So I think it was good to give the more people a little bit more background about uh, bike fit products, about uh, lace shoes. So hopefully we all uh, learned uh, a lot about our products. And as me and Niels already said a couple of times, it's so technical uh, and so important to have uh, the right shoe, but also when you have the right shoe, to have the right cleat fit. So that's why we work uh, very well with the guys from Wolfie, the team from Wolfie, uh, because we know that they give you the right advice and we also know they give you the perfect position on uh, on your uh, bike in combination with uh, with the shoes. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for this, Wolfie. Um, I have no questions anymore. Do you have some questions, Niels? Yes. Enough. Thank Niels. you. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. It's uh, great to uh, to do this. I think Stay I just want to tell people as well, to everyone. Thank you for coming and thanks for listening and spending your time with us. And I hope everyone stays safe. And I just want to remind everyone uh, that tomorrow evening at at seven o'clock Dubai time. Uh, we, we start Wolfie Talks with uh, Keeping Up with the Pros and the first guest tomorrow will be the World Time Trial Champion uh, and our good friend Tony Martin from Germany and um, this is the start of a series. We have, we have spoken to a lot of the riders 
and they're really happy to to give some uh, cool stories from the peloton and about their career so i'm really excited tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening seven o'clock with tony martin thank you okay everybody have a nice evening uh, stay safe under the circumstances and we all see you soon okay. thank you Christian. Bye -bye. thank you thank, thank you for you. your help Bye. thank you